Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the show. So glad to have you with us. little winter weather expected to make its way through southern Indiana and Louisville a little bit later today. We hope it's on the low end of that, but uh, be on the lookout for that. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. We do this show each weekday live in the 11 o'clock hour, and we are so thankful to have you with us. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And uh, no matter how you join, we're just glad you're with us and hope you'll continue listening. Send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, and uh, just we appreciate you. So uh, Indiana basketball, rough right now, tough right now to follow, I know, but a lot of diehards sticking with us here every day on the program, and we enjoy talking about it. So stay with us for a lot of that as we get ready for another Indiana game later this week. We get ready for a big weekend of high school basketball, and we'll cover all that today in the show. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment are Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. A little bit later in the show, we'll have Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex is always with us on Thursdays. We'll talk IU hoops, the fallout from the Purdue game, uh, and get ready for Indiana's next contest coming up on Friday night. Also later today, Steve Kerber, great high school basketball guy locally, is going to join us as we look at the weekend ahead and talk some other hoops topics as well with uh, Coach Kerberg uh, coming up here in just a bit. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Try them today for a delicious lunch. Great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. A couple programming notes. I mentioned this yesterday, high school basketball on Friday night. We will have New Albany at Silver Creek, and I'm excited about that game. I think it should be a competitive game on Friday in Sellersburg. That game will be on 9.70 a.m., one of our sister stations. So if you're looking for high school basketball Friday, uh, it's because Indiana-Wisconsin at Wisconsin, in Madison, by the way. We'll talk about that some with Alex today, but boy, that is a tough place to play for Indiana. But we'll be at Silver Creek that night on 970 a.m. And if you want to stream, I know a lot of people stream from their phone or however they do it, uh, WGTK, the answer, 
WGTKTheAnswer.com. All one word, WGTKTheAnswer.com is how you can stream the Friday night high school basketball game. We'll tweet it out. We'll put it out. But I want to make sure you know. Also, Saturday, back for a weekend doubleheader in high school hoops as we'll be back at Johnson Arena for a Hoosier Hills Conference game, Columbus East at Jeffersonville on Saturday night. That is our plan for this weekend. And the Saturday game will be back here on the Big X Sports Radio. Okay, who's your headlines for this Thursday? Uh, let me tell you about the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction? If so, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Send us a text, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's get into our headlines, our Hoosier headlines for today. I saw a very interesting graphic put out. Um, I don't even know who it's from. It's a guy named Andrew Weatherman, and I think he's an analytics guy. Says he used to be a student manager at Duke University uh, back in uh, 2023 as a graduate of that program. But it's interesting. It says the number of uh, quad one, Q1, quad one games remaining for high major teams, he breaks it down by uh, conference. And looking at the Big Ten Conference, as we think about Indiana's tournament resume, where they're at now, lacking really a big win over a high major team in non-conference. And, you know, the Purdue game, some of the others, they've had a chance to uh, score important victories uh, that would register well. Quad one wins uh, have not happened. So Indiana in the Big Ten Conference, where are they at? Uh, As far as number of games, number of quad one games left, they have six quad one games left. And Indiana currently sitting at number 102 in the NCAA uh, net ratings, the evaluation tool that's used now in place of the RPI. So Michigan, for example, they've got 10 uh, quad one games uh, remaining just based on how the schedule breakdown in the Big Ten is laid out. Minnesota has eight. Ohio State and Maryland have seven each. Purdue has six. And a whole bunch of schools have six, including Wisconsin, who Indiana plays on Friday, uh, Illinois, Iowa, Rutgers, Indiana, and uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions, all with six. Then you get down to Michigan State, for example, who really needs uh, to, for a turnaround, and they're got three quad one games left on their schedule, the way things have played out so far. So just kind of interesting. Um, Quad one games at this point are opportunities for Indiana to not only pick up a conference win, all of them are, but it's an opportunity probably to make a little bit of a mark on your NCAA resume uh, in a good way uh, and help erase maybe some other misses or some other bad marks on there. Uh, So six quad one games the rest of the way uh, for this Indiana team and for a lot of the Big Ten Conference teams. uh, Something to note as we think about what is ahead in the NCAA tournament and the fact that I said yesterday, my prediction is they'll miss. That's what I think right now. They're not in any bracketologies. They're not close in a lot of bracketologies that are out there, but we will see how things play out. A lot can change, but it just doesn't seem to be uh, likely to me that that happens, but we'll see how it plays out the rest of January, the rest of February, obviously, Friday's game at Wisconsin is big. Wisconsin is is good this year. There there is no question about that. This is a solid, solid Wisconsin team at the Kohl Center, a very, very tough uh, place for Indiana to play over the years. They have not won there since, 
I don't have it in front of me, but 1997 or 1998, it's one of those two years. In Wisconsin, depending on what poll you look at, they're either number 11 or number 8 in the country. So they are having a really nice year and getting back to uh, what you would expect of Wisconsin um, un- under uh, Coach Guard and obviously um, you, know, you know what Wisconsin basketball is. They dropped away from that here the last season or two. But Wisconsin having a really good year, an opportunity here for Indiana to get one of those not just conference wins, but notable wins for their NCAA tournament resume as well. We'll get into Wisconsin more a little bit later in the program. Also, I mentioned this yesterday as the show was wrapping up. I do want to mention it again because so many people ask us. Derek Queen, Montverde Academy, uh, is expected to announce in less than three weeks, according to ESPN and their recruiting writer, Paul Biancardi. According to Biancardi, Queen is targeting an announcement around February 1st, and a lot of people think Indiana's in as good a shape as anybody in the Queen recruitment, which is Indiana, Maryland, Houston, and Kansas, all still involved at some level uh, for Derek Queen. So he and Leah McNeely, Queen and McNeely, have been tearing it up for Montverde Academy. Uh, absolutely. on, And a lot of it's on national television. They were just at the big Hoop Hall event up at the uh, Springfield, Massachusetts National Basketball Hall of Fame and uh, not only played well individually, but beat a really, really good prolific prep team. And as I touched on earlier this week, Montverde Academy, I know they're not a true high school team where they all live there or from the same part of the state. I know that's put together much like a travel team, but they are going to go down in history as one of the best national level high school basketball teams probably ever, to be honest, the way they're beating people. And uh, there's very, very few teams out there, even despite their uh, amped up schedule where they play in all these showcases and television games that can compete with them, to be quite honest. So they just simply have not had many competitive games this year. But Queen and McNeely, very much dominating for sure. So another note I wanted to mention, uh, there's a guard in the 2025 class named Michael Brown, M-I-K-E-L Brown. And there's word that he might reclassify to 2024. And Indiana has been in on uh, 2024, been on Brown, I should say, since really a year ago or so. So uh, Alabama, Indiana, Texas, Providence, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, excuse me, Florida State, and uh, others are schools to watch. But uh, we'll see if Brown locks in a visit to Indiana. That is kind of what everybody is watching as well. So another name to know as we think about guards in 2024, uh, point guard Daquan Davis. He's from Baltimore, a lot like Derek Queen is. They're friends. Obviously, a Queen commitment to Indiana could play a role in them. But Indiana is one of the key schools involved with Davis at this point. So just some names out there that could come could not come. Derek Queen could play a big uh, part in all of that because he's such a huge name. You put him, Liam McNeely together in the same recruiting class. Mike Woodson needs a win right now. This isn't an on the court win, but it would be a huge recruiting win that would signal potential good things for the future. Mike Woodson has been, I think, good in recruiting. I don't know that he's the one doing all the heavy lifting in recruiting. I think he's got assistants that are very well plugged in, but Recruiting would be one of the areas that I would generally give Mike Woodson a pretty good score in if we were going to rate him down by different areas and responsibilities of a college basketball coach. But paying attention to Queen, he is target one for IU basketball 
Absolutely no question about that. Also want to mention the Indiana women last night. They were back in action with a game against Minnesota. And really interesting to see I was how they re, re, rebounded from their bad loss out in Iowa City to Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes. Uh, they were on national television Saturday night. Uh, got absolutely blown away, 84-57. I know we've talked about that game some here on the show this week. But Indiana was back at Assembly Hall last night, took on a good 13-3 Minnesota team, and uh, Indiana cruised. Uh, 85-62 was the final score, 32 points from Mackenzie Holmes. Um, Indiana has been really good this season, except for two games. The IU women came up way short against Stanford in a non-conference game back very early in the season, and then, of course, the blowout loss to Iowa on Saturday night. Those are their two lone slip-ups this season. And just to kind of revisit that, back on November 12th, it was their, I guess, third game of the season. The IU women were defeated 94, excuse me, 96-64 to Stanford. That game was at Stanford. And then they were defeated, the score I just gave you for the Iowa game, what was it, 85-62? No, excuse me, 84-57 on Saturday night to Iowa. So how about that? A team that has only got two losses, but both of their losses have been absolutely blowouts. They've gotten just ran off the court. So Indiana's good. NCAA tournament team, probably going to get a pretty high seed in the tournament, but against the top dogs in women's college basketball, like Iowa, Stanford's not far from that. Can they compete at that level? Can this Indiana team get to the Final Four, or will they run into somebody like Iowa and Stanford that will definitely knock them out? Going to kind of be interesting to see. You don't often see a 15-2 and team that's got losses by that uh, margin of points, but the IU women definitely do. A couple other things to mention. Girls basketball, the girls pairings are Sunday 5 to 7 p.m. from Indianapolis on the IHSA network. We will cover those for you coming up uh, on uh, Saturday, so or on Sunday, excuse me. So join us for the network broadcast. Uh, girls basketball uh, locally, kind of interesting to see what the tournament shapes up like and maybe who some of the front runners locally will be. I do know that Silver Creek has now won nine in a row. They were victorious last night over Columbus North. Providence beat Rock Creek last night as well. So uh, New Albany Jeff is coming up on Friday, which has been delayed a couple times. Uh, but interesting to see where the girls are at heading into the postseason. I think Lanesville and Borden, both in 1A, both in the same sectional, probably the most interesting thing to watch from a girls' basketball perspective locally. They both have been highly rated in the state for a great part of the year. They played each other in a very competitive game earlier this season, and both have played great schedules getting ready for the upcoming tournament. But I mentioned this earlier, hard to believe, pairing show this Sunday, and girls' sectionals begin here very soon. And the first Saturday in February, we're like three weeks from there or less, it will be time for sectional championship games, and then we'll be on to the regional, the semi-state, and the state championship games after that, and we'll see if we have a local Clark Floyd. We'll even throw in Harrison County. We'll see if we have a local team that makes it that far. I think there's a chance, especially Borden or Lanesville, whoever wins that may be the favorite to get to a state championship game and represent the southern half of the state. So uh, interesting to follow that as the girls' state tournament gets here for sure. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414 is the Thornton's text line. 
Texter says, uh, thoughts on X talking about Xavier Johnson. Can his season be salvaged? Seems like he can't catch a break. I, I agree. We've talked about this. Injury uh, prone has Xavier been. He had the off-the-court issue uh, some time back. And then uh, he's just been up and down. Sometimes he looks like a great leader, and he's been very productive in the in the box score and in the stats for Indiana. Uh, other times he has been dismal at best, and you wonder what he's doing. He's went from a for-sure starter to obviously a bench player after the crazy flagrant two that uh, a lot of frustration in his game for sure at times. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect of X. I said yesterday, McKenzie and Baco, I think, has a chance to do some really special things the rest of the season. There are other guys as well, Kelvell Ware, very consistent. I mean, some of this I've said a lot here recently, but I just don't put Xavier Johnson uh, with any confidence as a player that um, is going to be consistent or is going to have a great finish to the season. I think he can. I think he has some ability. I think he's got the experience. Um, but I just don't know about things with Xavier Johnson, and I think a lot of people, probably even the coaching staff, is uh, wondering you know, what exactly the deal is with him. So he is definitely the wild card. There have been others on this team this season, but he is definitely the wild card. To me, I was thinking about this last night, Trey Galloway is also a little bit of a wild card. Sometimes he plays so hard and is so productive. Uh, I thought he had one of those games against Purdue as far as playing hard, and then other games he doesn't look like the same player and you get little to no production from him. So there just hasn't been that consistency with him either that I thought maybe we would see at this point of the year for him, given his experience. So more on IU coming up. Alex Bozich inside the hall joins us in the next segment presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll go to a quick commercial break. We'll come back with Alex. We'll talk IU Purdue, some of the fallout there. We'll preview the IU Friday game coming up as well. Uh, a tough one at the Kohl Center for the Hoosiers. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Do you remember the Wisconsin game maybe a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, when Indiana built this monster lead at the Kohl Center and then it slid, slid away from them and you just knew what was going to happen as it was unfolding, that Indiana was going to let this big lead dissipate and get clipped on the road. Uh, that is an IU game I will not forget for a long, long time. We'll head to a break. Alex Bozich inside the hall is next. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday edition of the show. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. He's our Thursday guest in this segment. We talk IU basketball and more. And it's presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture with locations, two of them in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, we had a great conversation, I thought, a week ago about Mike Woodson and just really the state of this program. And a week later, there's been a easy win, basically, for IU last Friday night. 
and then one of the worst defeats uh, in the history of the series in Bloomington for Indiana to their rival Purdue a little earlier this week. So as we track the progress or the regression, um, it's about the same as where things were a week ago. Yeah, and I don't I don't necessarily think it's gotten as bad as it as it could get here these next two games with uh, Wisconsin obviously tomorrow on the road a place Indiana hasn't won since I believe 1998 and uh, then the, they have a week off and they play at Illinois so I mean those are two top 15 teams in Ken Palm and you look at what Indiana has done this season for the most part against teams that are ranked that high in Ken Palm outside of the Kansas game they've really gotten beaten badly in, in all of those matchups Purdue um, UConn Auburn, it's been, you know, a really rough, a rough go of it uh, against those teams. And, you know, it's, you know, we, we talked, I think a lot this season, Matt, about this team being a work in progress. Um, there's, there's certainly, uh, that's certainly an argument, but also the need to kind of see progress and to see things getting better. And I think that's really the thing that, I hear the most right now from, from fans and people who I talk to about the program, guests that I have on my podcast. I think there was some level of understanding that Indiana was going to have to be a much different team this year. Obviously, they lost a lot of talent, and it, and it, this was going to take some time for things to come together. But, you know, when, when the coach, uh, Mike Woodson, is, is talking about toughness and things like that after, you know, 18 games into the season, not really a – a place you want to be uh, coming up and in, in to the meat of the Big Ten schedule, where, as we've seen, uh, you got to be tough to, to go win road games in the Big Ten. You got to be tough to hold Joan on the glass and be able to hang in against some of these these better teams. And Indiana, at this point, is just not uh, capable of doing that on any consistent, uh, you know, any, any with any consistency. So I think I referenced this on a show earlier this week after the Purdue game, so probably yesterday. But reading one of your um, takeaways from the game on Tuesday night, the headline mm-hmm. in the in the story was Indiana bet big on Xavier Johnson and it isn't paying off. And all the texts we've had the last couple of days, Xavier Johnson, unfortunately, has been a focus of some of that. Uh, but you wrote that instead of securing a portal guard, uh, last spring, Indiana decided to roll with Xavier Johnson as its point guard for a third straight season. His injuries have been out of his control, but his on-court play and behavior have been disappointing. Those two short graphs in your um, feature there after the game, I, I thought, are exactly correct on Xavier Johnson and where Indiana's at by keeping uh, him in the f- focal point as the, the playmaker instead of using the uh, – transfer portal to maybe make some changes or at least get a backup or some help. Yeah. I mean, you're only as good as your guards and your leaders, right? And this team has two, you know, guards that have experience in Trey Galloway and Xavier Johnson. And I think for the most part, I mean, Trey Galloway has not been as good this season as he was last year, but I think some of that has to do with the fact that he's playing a much bigger role, a different role being asked to do more and, Maybe uh, he's, you know, kind of hit his ceiling as a player. That's fine. He's still a productive player. He played really well against Purdue. He played well against Kansas. And I think for the most part, you know, he brings it night in and night out. Xavier Johnson, you know, as I, as I wrote, Matt, I mean, 
the injuries are, are not something that he has control over. Um, but I do think him coming back and playing as poorly as he has, you know, really out of the five, since the five games he's been back, he's had one good game in that stretch, the Ohio State game. The other games he's been basically invisible or a negative on the court. He's got two flagrant fouls. And when I reference the behavior, I think that's kind of what I'm hitting, hitting at. Um, those are plays that, as a six-year player, one of the oldest co- players in college basketball, you just can't be doing that kind of stuff. And um, obviously, Mike Woodson hasn't had him in the starting line at the last two games, but there's obviously some sort of disconnect there between what is expected out of him and what he's actually producing. Um, you know, you, you live with the, some of the poor play to an extent um, because he's getting back into the swing of things. He's missed some time, but just the turnovers and having uh, plays where you're getting ejected from a game. And then the last game just, you know, as Robbie Hummel, I think astutely pointed out on the broadcast, you know, you're not playing in a high school game or some AAU game where there's not cameras that are going to capture everything you're doing. I mean, there's 10 cameras on the court and there's replays everywhere. And you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to get caught every time you do something like that. And the fact that he hasn't learned that and is continuing to make mistakes like that, is just not indicative of leadership to me. And it's, you know, I'm not obviously one that to criticize college players um, and I'm not specifically making it personal or anything towards, towards Xavier Johnson. I mean, every time I've talked to him and dealt with him, he's been a, a nice, pleasant kid, but the bottom line is this is a, you know, a position that's under the highest scrutiny. I mean, you're the point guard at Indiana there's expectations for the level of play that you're going to produce. And right now he's just simply not getting it done. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's classic furniture. Another player I wanted to to bring up for the good and the bad is Trey Galloway. Maybe your review of where he's at this season with multiple years under his belt, um, what he's bringing to the team, what he's not bringing to the team. And I guess the number one thing I think about with Trey Galloway is maybe a little bit of inconsistency. He can be really strong and good at times. And I thought he in times played really, really hard the other night. Then there's other games where he seems to not be the same player. Your your thoughts on Trey Galloway? Yeah, I mean – I've never once questioned his effort. Um, I think he he genuinely plays hard. I think he's about the right things. Um, as I said, I, I just think some of it is he's maybe being asked to do a little bit more uh, than what he's capable of at times. And that's kind of where some of the inconsistencies, I feel like, come in. And any of them really have another choice than to play him the minutes that they're playing him. I think he played 36 the other night, played, played pretty well. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, he's not he, – he shot the ball better from the three-point line last year. This year he's below 30%, 28.8, which I think has probably gone up a little bit recently. Um, but I think if if you look at this kind of objectively and you say if Indiana was a really good team, you know, a top 10, top 15 team, would he be a guy that, you know, is a starter on the team? Probably not. Uh, he's probably best as you know, a seventh, eighth man. Somebody comes off the bench. Last year, um, I think the plan probably was for him to come off the bench because they had put Shafino and, and Johnson. Johnson got hurt. That changed it and put Trey in the starting lineup. But he was probably going to be a sixth or seventh man last season. And I think 
maybe the more important thing moving forward is I, I think it'd be great if Trey Galloway came back for another season, but I, I think Indiana's got to get better guards to, to surround him with and put him in a better um, position to uh, succeed and play to his strength. I think he's done a really good job this season as a distributor, kind of taking over some of the point guard duties when he's had to kind of out of necessity. I don't necessarily think that's his, strength as a player. I think he's an energy guy who could really be effective coming off the bench and, you know, starting occasionally. But, you know, I, I, of all the problems with this team, um, to me, he's kind of near the bottom of the list. I know people like to kind of look at his shooting numbers and say, well, he could be doing better. But I mean, I think still he, he brings a lot of energy every night. I think he's about the right things. And I think for the, for the most part, uh, he's, he's, you know, over his career at IU, he's maximized his talent and gotten better. Talking to Alex Bozich, InsideTheHall.com. At InsideTheHall is how you can follow him on social media. Let's dig into Friday's game, Indiana at the Kohl Center. We'll get into the Kohl Center and Indiana's struggles there here in just a moment. But it's a Mar- uh, Wisconsin team excuse me, that is coming off their first loss of the conference season. They are 5-1 and one in the Big Ten, and they were defeated out at Penn State 87-83 on Tuesday, the same night that Indiana fell to Purdue big at home. Um, thoughts on Wisconsin before we talk about their tough home court? We know that's a whole other thing for Indiana to contend with. I mean, in many ways, it's very similar to uh, the Wisconsin team that we saw last season, but they've upgraded in a major way by adding A.J. Storr, who is a transfer from St. John's, gives them a different dimension, just a wing that's an athletic scorer. He's their leading scorer, averaging 15 points a game. Uh, doesn't shoot a great percentage from the three, but he can get where he wants to with the ball. Uh, you know, maybe not too – it's not a perfect comparison because they're not the same level of prospect, not the same level of player because Johnny Davis obviously was right there in the mix for National Player of the Year when he was at Wisconsin. But, you know, the kind of shot creator that he was, I think A.J. Store kind of brings some of the same things to this Wisconsin team. And then they just have other guys that – play their role and, and kind of know um, what's expected of them. And Steven, Steven Crowell is one of those guys who's been around for a while, good rebounder in the post, not going to make a ton of mistakes. Tyler Wall, the same thing. And then, uh, you know, I really like their guards uh, other than store Chucky Hepburn uh, veteran and, and Max Klesman, who was a transfer uh, up uh, Wisconsin native, um, but started at a lower level and moved up to Wisconsin. That's the kind of player that, Indiana needs to be looking for uh, for depth purposes and to kind of solidify its roster in the offseason and the transfer portal. You know, you look at Klesmet, uh, he's shooting almost 40% for th- from three, playing 26 minutes a game, scoring nine points, doesn't turn the ball over, uh, you know, does kind of the little things that, that really contribute to winning. Those are the kind of players that this Indiana team desperately lacks. So this is a good Wisconsin team. I, I don't know. Every year – I wondered if it's kind of about their ceiling in the in the tournament. I kind of feel the same way with this team. I think if they had some things go their way, they could be a team that you know makes a run. But I also feel like they're a team that, uh, if if the right opponent with some athleticism and three point shooting uh, doesn't turn the ball over, shows up early in the bracket against them, they could be headed for another early exit. So 
good job this season so far, I think, by Greg Gard kind of rebounding from last year's NIT team and kind of getting things back on the, on the right track. And Wisconsin, uh, as you know, they're always tough to beat at home. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Uh, the Cole Center at Wisconsin, you and I have had this conversation, I don't know, probably three, four, five times over the course of this show and as long as you've been coming on and as long as Indiana's struggles have uh, been at Wisconsin. Uh, what is it, 97, 98, like the year after the building opened? I think Indiana's won there like one time. Is that right? I think the first year it opened, which, Matt, we were probably uh... – in the WNAS studios back in those days. So that kind of tells you how long it's been since Indiana's gone up there and, and won. It's, it's remarkable. And they really had a chance a couple of years ago, that Mike Woodson's first year, they were, I think, up 20 at the Cole Center and ended up blowing that game and losing. So you never feel comfortable with a lead uh, in that building. And this is just a game that you, you kind of go into uh, until until proven otherwise, you just go in expecting Indiana to lose. About it, Alex Bozich, inside the hall, our guest. Uh, any other thoughts on Indiana Wisconsin from a matchup perspective or a player to watch? Anything about the Badgers you want to share? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is just you can't turn the ball over because they're not going to turn the ball over. Uh, they're a good shooting team, you know, shooting 35% for three is a solid number. Uh, they don't allow offensive rebounds. It's basically uh, death by a thousand cuts when you play Wisconsin because they're going to keep doing all these little things that contribute to them winning. And if you continue to make these small mistakes, they just compound within the course of the game. And Indiana just has not been over a long period of time now a disciplined team. Uh, when they play the Badgers and, and Wisconsin just picks up on those mistakes and makes Indiana pay for it. And uh, I would I would say tomorrow night's going to probably go in a similar fashion, particularly since Wisconsin's now coming off of a, a really disappointing loss at, at Penn State, and, and they need to kind of get back on uh, the winning track if they want to stay atop the Big Ten standings. I mean, Purdue's right there now, just a game behind them in the lost column. I think it's going to be a pretty fascinating Big Ten race with – was uh, Wisconsin in the mix, but uh, Purdue, I think at this point now with that loss last night against Penn State, I think Purdue's in a much better spot than they were uh, the other night. Inside the Hall presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Uh, Alex, as always, thanks for the great chat, the great work at InsideTheHall.com, and we'll talk next Thursday. Absolutely, Matt. Thank you, and thanks, Justin, as always. All right, uh, inside the hall, Alex Bozich with us Thursday here on the show. We'll head to a quick commercial break. We're back to talk high school basketball, the weekend that is ahead, and a lot more with Steve Kerberg, former coach in the area, great basketball gentleman here in southern Indiana. He's with us next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're 
We're back on this Thursday program. Steve Kerberg, former coach in the area and uh, also great basketball guy with us Thursdays as we talk the latest in high school basketball of the area. Coach, great to have you back with us after a few weeks away and we're gearing up for another big weekend. Our Friday game, which is actually going to air on WGTK 970 AM because of IU Wisconsin here on the Big X is New Albany at Silver Creek. And I'm really excited about this game. I think New Albany playing good ball. Silver Creek has had some good moments this season as well. I think it could be a good matchup. Let's start with that. What's your take on uh, that big one at Silver Creek on Friday night? Man, two two teams having great seasons. Um, I think if you're a fan of basketball, that's a ticket that you buy and you go watch that game because both teams play a similar style. Um, they want to get up and down the floor and play very fast. Um, New Albany is probably going to trap and pressure a little bit more, but when it comes to offensive transition, um, you're going to see a lot of fast basketball and a lot of talented players. Uh, I love I love the uh, junior class at New Albany. Um, I think they're a very very talented group, and uh, there's a couple really really good players on the Silver Silver Creek squad um, that can really score a lot of points. Steve Kerber joining us. We're talking high school basketball. Uh, also, Jeff Columbus East, our Saturday night game. I look for the Red Devils to roll on that one. They're taking some steps forward here the last few weeks in the Hoosier Hills Conference. I still maintain what I said in the offseason, Steve, that I think Jeff has the best chance locally to make a run deep into the tournament. I know that Jeff is full of talent. They're, I think, beginning to really put things together. Um, I maybe am not as confident with them as I was early on, right before the season started, but I think they can get there. I think Jeff could be the team here to watch the rest of the way and as we get into the postseason. Your take on the Red Devils so far, do you agree, disagree with that? And are there any other teams that you think in the area might be teams to watch as we start to get into the tournament discussion? Well, I I had the opportunity to talk to Coach Wilkerson the other day. Um, I think he's doing a fabulous job with his team. Uh, the culture there with his team. Um, they have a great coaching staff and uh, again, a very talented junior class. And, um, well, you know, I had, the, I had, I had the similar philosophy when I was at Christian Academy as the head coach there. Uh, I wanted to play the best teams possible. And, uh, he, he, he's definitely played the best teams possible from Kokomo to Cathedral, um, a lot of Louisville's best teams, even on the schedule. Um, so, you know, he, he made a statement the other day that I always, always agreed with. And I believe that you just, you, you, you hope that when you play a talented team, a statewide, um, schedule, that it pays off when you pay, play the better teams locally. Um, we, you know, I always had the philosophy that the, the, the regular season games are practice games. You know, you take them really serious and you prepare for them like they're tournament games, but they're really just practice games. You have, you have 20, 20 plus practice games to prepare yourself for March and to work on things. And when you play great competition like the Red Devils have, um, you, you see the areas. It actually exposes the weaknesses of your team, and you're able to work on those weaknesses. When you play teams that you um, don't have much problems with, um, you know you don't always see the things that you need to work on. So there's definitely value there. I will say that that sectional is a little better than I thought it would be, though. Um, Jennings County is a dangerous team. Uh, they hit 18 threes their last game, so that's a team that can beat anybody New Albany's had. Just uh, Coach Jones and 
that coaching staff. They've done a phenomenal job this year in beating some really good teams and have exceeded expectations there. I got to watch them play Seymour, um, and I was very impressed with how fast they are. They are a fast basketball team and another team that's capable of beating anybody that they play. And speaking of Seymour, I mean, the style they play, a more slow, deliberate, physical, half-court, grounded-out style, that's a team that's kind of dangerous to see in March, especially on their home floor. Um, and then Bedford, Bedford is having, a, I think they've exceeded expectations this year. And then uh, Floyd Central also has a couple really nice pieces, and, and uh, Coach Coach White's done a good job of um, – winning some games here lately uh, and and I would say also exceeding expectations so it's a it's an exciting uh, exciting season Jeff is definitely the, the front runner in the sectional but but that there's a little more parity than I thought in that sectional and some teams that are capable of winning on a given night Steve Kerberg with us talking high school basketball here on the program I was at the Christian Academy Silver Creek game about a week and a half ago. Um, I thought an outstanding win for Christian Academy. I know we talked some about Silver Creek already, but they definitely are another team in the area that's making some noise. I think I saw that they're up to number three in the state as far as a 1A team goes on the boys' side. So uh, that is exciting for them. And I, I know that when we talk about the postseason, they've got some hopes to work through that very tough 1A sectional and maybe make a little postseason noise themselves. Their performance, and I only saw the second half in the overtime, but their performance against Silver Creek, to me, showed they could maybe be one of those teams. I would I would definitely agree. I think most of your listeners that follow high school basketball know about Joshua Renfro. He's a fabulous player. Um, he's had a, I think a couple games, forty plus games, forty uh, point games this season. Already eclipsed the thousand point mark as a junior. Very talented player. Has several um, offers to play at the next level already. But uh, maybe maybe few fewer of the listeners know about David Cook. I feel like he's kind of uh, kind of made his name known in the area and uh, at that game specifically against Silver Creek. I mean, he, I would say, almost took over in the second half and just made some incredible shots. But, but again, that, that if you're a fan of high school basketball, that sectional uh, that's hosted by Borden this year, I saw something the other day that said that um, just the average Sagarin rating for that sectional makes it the toughest 1A sectional in the state. If you look at the parity and the average of the, the, the ratings of each team, it doesn't mean that, that it has the best teams in 1A across the state, but as far as parity and as far as, you know, four or five teams, maybe more that could win it, you know, it's uh, the highest ranked sectional in the state as far as um, uh, the, the, the talent and the teams there. Great, great coaching, great players. Uh, but, yes, Christian Academy, I think, can make a run this year at the 1A level. Uh, Borden is very dangerous. Um, you have a very uh, a team that a lot of people aren't talking about is South Central. I think they're around ten and three, eleven and three mark, something like that. A talented team, and then Rock Creek has um, some some very talented underclassmen too. So uh, another great another great sectional for the local fans and uh, people that love the game. That that's a and if you've never been to a sectional hosted by Borden, man, it's. Uh, it's very, very – they take a lot of pride in the event that they run, and it's just first class from beginning to end. Steve Kerberg on high school basketball. He joins us Thursday. Uh, Coach, before we let you go and wrap up this Thursday show, any thoughts on 
other games this weekend or any any other must-watch games that we didn't touch on? Um, I think, well, I will say Christian Academy hosts Paoli this Saturday, uh, two top top ten ranked teams. Uh, Providence hosts Henryville this, this week, uh, two sectional opponents. I believe that's a Friday night game. But I would say that, that uh, the New Albany game at Silver Creek this week is, uh, I think you picked the right one to do on the radio, man. That's going to be a fun, exciting game. Should be a packed house with two teams having great seasons this year. Yep, looking forward to it. Coach Kerberg, Steve Kerberg with us Thursdays. Coach, great to catch up. See you soon. Hey, thanks for having me, man. All right, that's going to wrap things up for our Thursday show. Stay warm. Be a little vigilant tonight. Roads, who knows what we get. I think as early as 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, the first little batch is possible. But who knows? We may not get anything until later. But it does look like maybe 1 to 3 inches between now and tomorrow morning are possible for the Louisville area, which, as we know from history, can greatly vary depending on what part of the area you're in. So, But uh, good luck with that. Stay warm. Stay safe. We're back Friday at 11 a.m. Coach Wilkerson of Jeff joins us Friday. We'll also talk to Dylan Wallace and preview IU and their game at Wisconsin further uh, Friday night game. And then Kyle Neddenrip on recruiting and high school basketball from the Indianapolis Star. So a very, very busy show coming up on Friday. Have a great Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.